Welcome to the Campus Rush Podcast. We believe that God will speak through this word and meet you right at the point of your need. We hope that God will bless you through this message. Acts 9 is where we're going to take our scripture from. Uh, We're going to look at two things tonight. We're going to look at Acts 9 and then we're going to look at um, Ephesians 3. Ephesians 3 uh, verses 20. Ephesians 3 verses 20 is what we're going to take our anchor scripture from. We're going to balance it out with Acts 9, and then we'll see where God lands us tonight. You're with me? I want to preach a sermon for a few minutes entitled, Let Him Do It. Let Him Do It. Uh, That's what I want to speak on tonight. Let Him Do It. I believe that there is truth and there is safety when we allow God to carry our burdens. I believe that there is safety when we tell God, listen, we don't know everything, but we give everything we have to you. I believe there's truth and there's true strength when we tell God that we may look like we have it all figured out, but we really don't. And so we give you everything. Ephesians chapter 3, verses 20, popular scripture. I'm going to be in the NKJV, so you can get me out of the NLT for tonight. (laughs) I love it, but I'm moving slowly uh, to a different selection of scripture. Um, Yes, can we read it all together? Let's go. One, two, three, and go. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly. Someone say exceedingly. Exceedingly. Shout abundantly. Abundantly. Say above. Above. And then it says all that we ask or think. Some versions say beyond all we can even imagine. God is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we can ask, think, or even imagine according to the power. Someone shout power. Oh, I love that word. Shout power. It says, according to the power that is working on the inside of us. This is a powerful scripture. It talks about God's working on the inside of man and your ability to do exceedingly and abundantly above all that we can ask, think, or imagine. That means that there is a different realm called the supernatural. Someone say the supernatural. There is a realm called the supernatural. There's a realm whereby last week, many of you here, you saw the prophet of God. Let's appreciate God's prophet, Prophet Ralph amazing who broke down and began to minister to God's people now some of you guys are like how did he know these things where is he getting this information from there is a realm called the supernatural it's the realm where God operates and that's the realm of the supernatural so when we set our minds our hearts and everything we have on the supernatural where God is we begin to know things that this natural world does not tell us we begin to operate in a different realm and that realm is called the supernatural So when we're talking about the scripture, it says now unto him. So we're talking about God now unto him who is able to do exceedingly and abundantly. That means he's able to do things that are beyond this world and he can do those things for us. But it's according to his power that works on the inside of us. Now, I began to do some research and I I wanted to take it a different path. uh, But then God said, no, you're not taking it that route tonight. Uh, and so I said, how do you want me to dissect the scripture so you pe- your people can understand it? And he says, Kof, I want you to zoom out of this scripture tonight. And I want you to look at the book of Ephesians as a total book, the church of Ephesus. And look at that book. I started looking at the book of, of Ephesians and God said, I don't just want you to look at the book, but I want you to look at the author. I said, okay, well, we know that Paul wrote it. It was an epistle. That he wrote so many different epistles uh, and said, uh, I want you to look at the life of Paul. And intersect that 
with why would he even want to write this in the scripture in the first place? So we're going to look at Acts 9, and we're going to look at how Paul came to be, and we're going to intersect that with the revelation that God dropped in his spirit to even want to say this prayer in Ephesians. Are you with me? Let's go to Acts 9. Let's look at it real quick. Acts 9 says it like this. says, meanwhile, Saul was uttering threats with every breath. Uh, Actually, I'll take it from verses 3. Uh, So it says this, Acts 9, uh, verses 3 says, as he was approaching Damascus on this mission, a light from heaven suddenly shone down around him. It says, he fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Verses 5 says, who are you, Lord? Saul asked. And the voice replied, said, I am Jesus, the one that you are persecuting. Verses 6, now get up, go into the city, and you will be told what you must do. The men with Saul stood speechless, for everybody around could hear that someone's voice was there, but they saw no one. Verses 8. Saul picked himself up off the ground, but when he opened his eyes, he realized that he was blind. So his companions led him by the hand to Damascus. He remained there blind for three days, and he didn't eat, nor did he drink. Verses 10. Now there was a believer in Damascus named Ananias. Someone shout Ananias. Ananias. Shout it like a believer. Say Ananias. Ananias. I want you to underline that. We're going to come back and talk about Ananias in a bit. It says, the Lord spoke to him in a vision, calling him and saying, Ananias. He said, yes, Lord. The Lord said, go over to the straight street to the house of Judas. When you get there, ask for a man from Tarsus. His name is Saul. He is praying to me right now. Verses 12 says, I have shown him a vision of a man named Ananias coming into laying hands on him so he can see again. But Ananias said, but Lord, I've heard so many things about this man. I've heard terrible things about this man and what he does to believers. Uh, but but verses, verses 15 says this, but the Lord said, go for Saul is my chosen instrument. Anybody grateful that you're chosen? Come on. You're grateful that you're chosen? No, no, you're not grateful. You're grateful that you're chosen? I'm going to pause right here because I don't think you understand what I'm trying to say. You didn't have to be here, but God chose you. You are God's chosen instrument, meaning this, meaning that there were other choices, but God chose you. You shouldn't have been the choice. People looked at you, laughed at you, maligned you, spoke different things about you, but God said, you are my chosen instrument. Point blank, period doesn't matter what anybody can do about it if the grace is on you the grace is on you nobody can rob you amen don't don't apologize because you have oil on your life and it's most times the people who don't have oil you're trying to talk oh can i start here tonight it's the people who don't have grace on their lives that are talking about you why because they see you have oil they want what you have but they can't take what you have because there's something called the supernatural something called the supernatural oh no no wake up y'all are sleeping sit down sit down I'm sleeping tonight. There's something called the supernatural. So, so Ananias says, Ananias, why do you want me to go and lay hands on this man? He kills people. This guy's not a believer. I'm sure he was in the strip club. He must have been in the clubs. Why do you want to use him? He's a sinner. He's a sinner. I'm sure there were campaigns online saying, stay away from this. This guy was a bad guy. I'm sure back in the day, I'm sure there was probably some, you know, SMS. Probably somebody sending a message, a WhatsApp group all about him. You know what I'm saying? Whole Facebook group. Believers, stay away from Saul of Tarsus. There was a full memo going out. Everybody knew this man killed believers. 
But God is anointing one believer and giving him the assignment to go in and to lay hands on this man. So let's continue. Then it goes on to say this. Go for Saul is my chosen instrument to take my message to the Gentiles and to kings as well as to the people of Israel. Verses 16. And I will show him how much he must suffer. With it too, like I could just, I, I can just put on your cinematic eyes right now. I could just, see. okay. God asked me to lay hands on you. I'm not trying to, but I got to. I didn't, I'm, try, I'm not trying to be here right now. Hey, listen. God said that you should see. You're His chosen. Okay, bye. He ain't even like he's like this guy's dragging his feet. He doesn't even want to lay hands on him, but he believed a word from God. I believe sometimes we have to have the attitude like Ananias. Like we don't want to do it, but we know God is calling us to do it. You just have to go up and get out of your bed and say, listen, I know I'm not supposed to lay hands on you. I don't want to do it, but God told me to do it. I don't want to read my word, but God told me to read my word. I don't want to pray through the midnight, but God told me to pray through the midnight. There are some things you got to body your soul into. Someone say body my soul. You got to body your soul. You don't want to do it, but you need to do it. The supernatural. Says this. He laid hands on him and said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road has sent me so that you might regain your sight and be filled with the Holy Ghost. Verse 18. Instantly, something like scales fell from Saul's eyes and he regained his sight. Then he got up. He was baptized. And of course, he had to eat something. He said he ate some food and regained his strength. I'm giving you six points, functions of the call. How do you know God is calling you? How do you know God is calling you? A lot of people ask this question. We're going to talk about it. How do you know that God is using you? Number one, God always calls those that he uses. Point blank, number one, Moses. God called Moses from the fire. He said, Moses, this is what I'm telling you to do. God will always speak to somebody and call them and say, I'm sending you here. This is what I want to do to you or through you or with you. God always calls somebody. Number one, that's the first thing you want to put down. He will speak to you and you will know it. Sometimes he can speak to you through people. Sometimes he speaks to you directly. But God always calls those that he uses. Number one. Number two, anytime that God is calling you or when he calls you, after he calls you, the second thing that he will do, and we don't like this very much, is that he breaks you. God will break you. If you look at the scripture and we look at it in line with Acts 9 and what God did with Paul, we understand that God broke Paul, literally broke him. How are you going to call a man who's on his way to kill believers and on the way of him going to Damascus, you encounter him on the way of going to kill believers and then you, you begin to speak to him, tell him different things about what he's doing. You tell him his call. You tell him what he's supposed to do. And after all of that, now he's blind and he can't see. He goes. God breaks him down mentally, psychologically, and physically. He broke him down. God needs to use all of you. And for him to use all of you, he has to touch every part of you. Every part of you. The one thing I love about this scripture, and I told you we'd come back to Ananias, is that Sometimes when God breaks you, you have to understand that he's breaking you, but in your brokenness, your brokenness is also tied to somebody else's obedience and to their deliverance. What do you mean, pastor? I mean this, that Saul was the one that went blind. He's Saul, but then he became Paul. Saul was the one that went blind, or Paul was the one that went blind. But Ananias was the one that God spoke to, to go and make sure that he can receive his sight. Now, Ananias was reluctant, but sometimes Ananias' deliverance would be tied to a Paul who must be blind. So there are people in life 
that are going through situations right now as we speak. And they're going through it and they're waiting for you just to be delivered so that you can go and help them. They need you to wake up and hear the voice of the supernatural and go back and begin to prophesy to them, help them in business, help them in school. There is a task that God is having you to do. Many times it may not be you being blind, but maybe your deliverance that will free somebody from being blind. Are you still with me? Then put your hands together if you know that God is still on the throne. After God calls you, after he breaks you, he then associates you. Someone shout association. association. No, shout it. I need everybody to shout. Say association. association. God will associate you. What does that mean? It means that he will bring you into contact with people who are going where you need to go. He will. He will bring you in contact with a spiritual father or a mentor. Or he'll bring you in contact with somebody who is going where you need to go. Or who has been where you need to go. If you look at Acts 9 verses 26, you'll see this. That when Saul arrived in Jerusalem, he tried to meet with the believers. It says this, but they were all afraid of him. Because of his reputation of killing believers, when God began to change his heart and he had a heart surgery and God began to transform him and his eyes came out and he was able to see and all that good stuff. When he's now trying to talk to the other believers and tell them, hey, listen, I'm not the same guy I used to be. Everybody's looking at him like, listen. I know you may profess that you love Jesus, but man, I saw what you did to my cousin. I saw what you did to my nephew. I saw what you did. He had a reputation so much so that nobody wanted to meet with him. Then it says this, but it said that they did not believe that he had truly been a believer. Verses 27, then Barnabas brought him to the apostles. You need a helper. I prophesy upon you that somebody will come into your life as a helper. Listen, nobody wanted to help Saul but Barnabas. There was something in Barnabas. Nobody wanted to help uh, Paul, but Barnabas came and Barnabas said, listen, I'm going to take your hand and I'm going to take you to the apostles because they need to believe your story. Says they come there and as Barnabas brought him to the apostles, says he told them how Saul had seen of the Lord on his way to Damascus, so on and so forth. So God will associate you. Then the Bible says this, then he stayed and he preached with the apostles. So as he stayed and he preached with them, this is what was happening. The apostles were checking him out. As he was checking them out. God will always associate you with people who are going where you're going. That's how you know you're in the process of God calling you. You're in the process of your vision. After he associates you, number four, God then anoints you. Anybody that God is using, you need to have a unique anointing. Dr. Matthew Stevenson said that don't just be anointed, but know who you're anointed for. There is anointing upon your life that is specific. God will anoint you for the purpose of delivering a people. God may anoint you with an anointing to go to a city. God will anoint you with an anointing to come to a campus. Everybody's anointing is unique and you cannot be jealous of somebody else's anointing. Their oil is theirs. Oh, do I have a church here tonight or am I? I'm preaching to no one. There is an anointing that is specific to you. That is only for you for the purpose of your call. God is calling you somewhere. So he knows because he's calling you somewhere, he needs to anoint you a specific way. He has to anoint you to specifically for the task that he is setting before you. So how can you go and try to rob somebody else's oil? Because if you rob their oil, it won't work for your assignment. You want the mantle of Pastor Kofi, the mantle of Prof, the mantle of Pastor David, the mantle of Ryan. Oh my gosh, when he sings, oh Jesus, I just want to sing. I went like that because he, you know, he's muscular. The, the bravado, you know. 
Oh, clap for our music pastor. Amazing guy. I just, I just want to sing like Pastor Ryan. Well, he has an anointing for his assignment. So if you keep asking, I need the anointing upon his life. I want the anointing upon his life. You have to be prepared to fight the demons that he fights. The battles that he fights. Because the anointing is specific to a level. And when you are anointed for a level, demons know that level too. Problems know that level too. They welcome you saying, you wanted the oil? All right, well, here's the problems with the oil. The oil comes upon you, but the situations and the problems, they also stack up too. But that's why the anointing breaks the yoke. So when the anointing is upon your life, God will anoint you for a purpose, but the anointing breaks every problem that you have. I prophesy your oil is going to another level. Your anointing is going to another level. If you thought you were anointed last year, my God, wait for this year. God, I see God anointing so many people in this place with fresh grace. Fresh anointing. Fresh anointing. I feel it like a river in this place. God anointing people for new tasks, new vision, new purpose. There is an anointing that God wants to pour upon your life. Don't be jealous of somebody else's. Their anointing is for their task. You have a different task, so you have to crave a different anointing. My gosh, the cravings of the anointing. Please be seated. After God anoints you, he then announces you. I love this one. God anointed, he, he announces you. The Bible says in the early gospels, after John the Baptist had baptized Jesus, a voice came after the dove had descended and it said, this is my son in whom I am well, please. I'm going to say what we say. This is my son in whom I am well, please. right. What did he do? He announced Jesus to the earth. But Jesus had been living this whole life until 30 years old. But how come it was at 30 that he then was announced? Because you could be living, but until God announces you, you cannot operate the way that you were designed to operate yet. God has to announce you. He has to announce you. But this is where many of us fall prey. All of us, nobody's exempt. Many of us fall prey in this situation because instead of letting the oil announce us, we try to announce us. That's where our problem is as a generation. I'm anointed, so I want you to see I'm anointed. So I will set myself up so that you will notice that I am anointed. We don't want the oil to speak. Somebody say, let the oil speak. There, if there is anointing upon your life, the anointing should speak for itself. That's the, that's, the, that's the trick there, is that the anointing is what announces. When you're oiled, you're oiled. If you have it, you have it. If you don't, you don't. The anointing will announce you. Young people, we have to get to the point whereby we allow the oil to announce us. We don't allow ourselves to announce ourselves. Hey, my name's Kofi. And when I minister on the guitar, my God, demons flee. And when I... We think it's funny, but it, like, it's so true. Like, oh my God, when, man, I know that guy's good, but when I pick up the mic to preach, woo, demon... Why should I announce what God is already doing? The only way you will, the only reason why you would want to announce it is if you're unsure, if you actually have it. If, if, if you. 
That's the only way that you would want to announce it is like, I'm not sure if I have it. So at least if I say I do, maybe they'll believe it by word and not by actual, you know what I'm saying? Like, but if the anointing is from heaven, I'm telling you, don't announce yourself. Let the oil announce you. There is a time when the anointing comes upon you that you cannot hide. You may be in the fields like David, but if it's your time to be anointed, oh my God, the anointing will bring you before great kings. You may be in like Joseph in the jail, but if it's your time to be anointed, God will bring you from the jail cell into the courts of the king. If it's your time, if it's your season, and if you're are anointed you don't have to announce it your anointing will announce you oh, that's a good place to clap let the anointing announce you let the oil work for you the oil comes with benefits but if you announce yourself that's on your word not God's but when the oil begins to speak for you, you it's not your oil in the first place. So why do you have to authenticate what didn't come from you? you? All you have to do is live your life and allow what was from heaven to announce you. When you're in the process of God calling you, let his oil announce you. Don't announce yourself. God is in this place. Oh, please be seated. After God announces you, last point right here, he sends you. There is a people that God needs you to minister to. And many times we think that if we're in the process of God calling us, Pastor David, we believe that it means that he has to call us to the church. But God needs some apostles in the business form. Like, he, he needs prophets in the police force. Like, God needs, he needs the fivefold ministry everywhere. It's not just in the church. It's to build the church for the edification of the body, like Galatians would say. But we also need it in the world. So we have to understand that God is looking for people that he can bring through this process and anoint them for the fashion world. He can anoint them for makeup. He can anoint them for music. He can anoint them for photography. He can anoint them for sports and athletics. He can, you see, God wants to send you to different places. Don't limit where he wants to send you to. And don't belittle it because you actually already may be where he wants you. You're trying to go somewhere, but he sent you here. You've obviously come from somewhere to here. So that means he sent you here. There is a purpose and there is, there is a reason by which you are here. And it's to gain training so that God can send you to a different place. Bible says Paul was with the apostles until they were praying one day and the apostles heard from the most high the Holy Ghost said separate unto me Paul and Barnabas for my work to the Gentiles for a special assignment I've come to prophesy to you there is a special assignment that God is separating unto you he's sending you for a special assignment your assignment is not like your neighbors your assignment is specific to your person God is sending you to a place and he's separating for you for a special assignment it's special it's a special assignment that God is separating onto you thank you sir please be seated I'm almost I'm almost through here you see so when we're looking at the life of Paul this is all just looking at his life and we're taking nuggets from his life and in looking at the life of Paul we understand this that Paul was sent to the Gentiles Galatians 2 8 says it I won't get into it he was sent to the Gentiles as Peter was sent to the Jews so Peter was the pastor the main guy the main apostle in Jerusalem 
as, as, as Paul was more of an evangelist, he went around and he began to preach all over Asia, different places. Through his dealings, he began to now minister. And as we know it through the word of God, he began to write letters to the church in Colossae. That's where we get Colossians from. And to the church in Philippi, that's where we get Philippians from. And to the church in, in, in Corinth, that's where we get Corinthians from. And, you know, to the church in uh, Rome, that's where we get Romans from. And then this is where we find our camp. He began to minister and write letters to the church in Ephesus. He began to write letters from jail to this church in Ephesus. I'm not going to get through his whole story. Basically what happens, he goes to jail, he gets locked up, and uh, he can't come out. So then he begins to write letters to all these churches that he's planted and all these churches he's visited. So that's where we get Ephesians from. So just four things about the church in Ephesus, and then we'll get to our main text, break it down, and I'll have you guys out of here. Ephesians church, known for three things, terrible things. Number one, they were known for witchcraft. Not the church itself, but Ephesians, the place. It was a place in Asia, minor. <laughs> like the church was known for witchcraft. Which church is that? Witchcraft? No. <laughs> like witch, like witch doctor, witch, like juju? Like, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> Pardon me. The area, Ephesus was known for a place where there was a lot of witchcraft. It was, a, like it, was, it was crazy. It was a lot of witchcraft. Number one. Number two, they were known for incredible sexual immorality. Not just sexual immorality. Incredible <laughs> sexual immorality. I mean, they were doing things that we don't... <laughs> it, it, it was crazy. Like They were doing things that were so wrong, but to them it felt so right. It was a, it was, it was a messed up thing. And the last thing is that they were known as one of the main centers of occultism. Like, that's where they were known. In fact, in research, I've even figured out that what they used to do is they used to sell small idols just to get money to run their government. So they were selling, literally selling, uh, you know, little occult, occultic, you know, dolls and different things. And that's how they funded their government. So you can tell that the whole basis of, of Ephesus was basically founded upon witchcraft, occultism. But I love this when I read it so much. It is said that, but, but in the midst of all this, in, in the midst, it said this, it said in the midst of all of this going on, there were faithful believers. In the midst of all this witchcraft, there was a remnant. What am I trying to say? I'm trying to say that in the midst of all the chaos in the world, God has still selected people. In fact, he selected you to be the remnant of a faithful believer that will hold up the cross and you will fight the good fight and run the good race. There was still a remnant. And, and this is where we then get to this scripture. Because from this, in the midst of all this, Paul begins to write this letter to the church in Ephesus. Take me to Ephesians 3. We're going to read it. I'm going to take it from verses 14. He begins to pray this prayer over the church uh, in Ephesus. And he says this, For this reason, I bow my knees to the Father uh, of our Lord Jesus Christ. 15 says it like this, From whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man. Verses 17, That Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love, verses 18, may be able to comprehend with all the saints, that is the length of the depth and a height, verses 19, to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. We cannot count, Pastor Ryan. We cannot measure what you can do for us. 
I can't even put myself to understand what God can do for me because you do exceedingly and abundantly above all I can ask, think, or imagine. So now unto you. But there is a clause. It says, you can do all these things, but there's a word there that says, according. Someone say according. according. Tap your neighbor, say according, say according, according. What does that mean? It's a clause. It means depending on. You can do it. You want to do it. Dependent. On what? The power that works on the inside of me. So many of us are complaining, God, why won't you do it? Matter of fact, it's not that God doesn't want to do it. It's that there is a clause that says, according to the power. You do not see exceedingly and abundantly out of measure all the beautiful things because there is an according that there, which means dependent on how much you are working on the inside of me. How much do you allow God to rip you on the inside? How much do you allow God to break you from the midnight hour? How much do you allow God to begin to wreck you in worship? How do you allow God to speak to you when you really don't want to hear it you will do all these things I'm, I'm closing here you will do all these things but according to the power that power there's dunamis you already know what it means it means the miraculous the miraculous power in it but I'll keep it on the surface according to the power basically mean according to the transformative miraculous power that works on the inside of me according to that power will determine how i will see you do exceedingly and abundantly above all how many people here want to see god do exceedingly in their life exceed like out of measure out of measure let me see you want god to do some crazy stuff in your life like exceedingly abundantly if you don't want god to do some crazy stuff you yeah, listen i'll take your request i'll put it on my head like <laughs> I need God to do some mind-blowing things. Like, I even believe God to do some incredible things. Like, I believe that by the end of this year, God is going to expand us into so many different campuses, so many different locations. Like, what I believe is that this year, what God is going to do, he's going to do exceedingly and abundantly. What does that mean? That means people won't even see it coming, but it's just going to hit them like a wave of fire. They cannot contain us because God has a special assignment with our name on it exceedingly abundantly above all leave your hands up those that want to do you want to see God do exceedingly abundantly exceedingly okay I love it keep your hand up keep it right there I have a follow-up question how many people in this place want God to break you <laughs> I see people I literally saw somebody do this. Break me? God, you made the world. If you break me, I'll die. <laughs> I'll die. <laughs> There's an easier way to do it. It's called breaking yourself. Ah, 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 ah. You can either allow God to break you, break yourself for God. What does brokenness look like? It means like, God, not my will, but your will be done. God, I know this cup. I really don't want to drink it. Please let it pass over me. There is a cross that I have to die on, but I will drink the cup because I know there is a people depending on me. If I don't break myself, God, you will break me. So I might as well. Keep on your feet. I'm finishing here. Keep on your feet. 
there's a way that God, keep it right there, just the keys for me, please. There's a way that you can break yourself for God so that you can enjoy this. God is willing to do exceedingly and abundantly. Above. That's what Ephesians 3.20 means. God wants to do it. It's not if God can do it. It's if I can allow room in my heart for God to change me. So I can begin to reveal more of his power. As I reveal the power of God in my life. Then he does exceedingly and abundantly. Somebody shout and say, let him do it. it. One more time in this place. Say, let him do it. I'm not saying let God break you. What I'm saying is let him change you. Let him work on you. Let him break you. Like let him begin to change some things. See the problem with us in this generation is this. Is that we want God uh, to, to touch us in areas we allow. But when it comes to the touchy areas, you like, touch here, but hey. <laughs> don't, mm, don't touch this. Don't, 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 don't touch this. Oh, what I do in my secret time, please don't touch that, God. What I do when no one's looking, please, God, don't touch it. But he's saying, then why do you keep praying for me to take you to the next level if I can't break you on the inside for the next level? There is a level of glory that God wants to to bring from your life out, but it's demanding and dependent according to the power that works, that working there, that working, that working means that it's going to work to do things, going to work to work to take you from different places, but it has to transform you first from the inside out. Christianity is about heart transformation that leads to behavior modification. That's what it is. It's an inside-out relationship. Religion says, do this because you have to. Relationship says, do this because you want to. I'm going to end on this. We'll pick it up another time. Many of us, we don't mind God Touching one area, like I said, may neglect the other one, but God, you can, you, can, you, can, you can work around a little bit. But if we are to be honest, Pastor, and put ourselves in the shoes of Paul, who was transformed, who wrote this, who had the understanding, to understand, he knew what he was writing. We looked at his life. He knew, like, listen, I've been broken. Matter of fact, I went blind for three days. And then that's when God began to speak to me. I was driving here. He's like, many of us don't mind God working on the inside of us. But now where we are is that we don't, we don't want to go blind. I said, God, what are you talking about? He said this, that blindness is unto glory. One other day, they were walking with the disciples, and the disciple asked, why is this man blind? Who, who committed the sin? Was it the mom? Was it the father? I said, no. This man was made blind from birth so that glory can come out. Oh, God. Mm. So that glory, glory can come out. 
there's two types of people here. There's people here who don't want to allow God to work on the inside because they don't want to change. Because if they change, people will leave them and the friends will switch up on them and nobody wants to talk to them anymore. Why? Because now they're a Christian or a believer and da 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 And then there's other people here who are saying, God, you can change me, just don't take my sight away. But that's an insecure spirit. Because if Paul, your blindness is not unto sin or death. It's for glory to come out. So we have to rest in the times in our lives where we just don't understand. It's okay not to know what's going on and what's going to happen next. God does. If you rest in him, he will show you what is going to happen tomorrow. And I want to pray for those two types of people tonight. Those who are having a difficult time allowing God to change them on the inside. You want to see exceedingly. You want to see abundantly. But it's the according. It's the depending on. It's the... I just don't know if I could... I don't know if I could stop smoking. Like, I just don't know. I don't know if I can stop it. I, I don't know. Listen, there was a power that, that is in the supernatural that gives us the ability that transforms us from the inside out. I remember when we started in this church four years ago. Thank you, sir. Four years ago. I saw the vision of God doing this. I saw this before this was born. I saw this. I saw God doing this the, our first day of meeting years ago. But I was struggling with the according. I wanted the exceedingly. I wanted God out of measure. God, whoo, I want to live in the overflow. God, out of measure. God, bless me. Expand me. Do crazy things. God, just take me. But I was struggling internally, God, but the according to my Lord. God, work on everything, but just don't touch this part of my life. Don't touch this part. Ever since I was young, I've been very, very close to friends. I always had very close friends around me. I said, God, don't touch that one. I'm like, if you break my social circle, God, I, dude, like, how am I going to make it? Like, I need people. Like, I'm a people's person. I got to have boys around me. I got, you know, like, I'm a guy. I'm a guy's guy. Like, I need people. Hey, hey, Jama. Hey, hey. Like, you know, I need people. I need, you come around, oh, Charlie, da, da, da. I'm that, you know what I mean? I said, but God, if you break that, how am I supposed to, like, I'm going to come to school just with my backpack, just with a Bible, just... Lord, I give you my heart. Just playing on my guitar. Like, come on. Like, don't do that to me. Don't make me like, don't make me uncool. And God said this. He said, not only will I bring you faithful friends who will stand by you, but I'm going to now make you a culture curator. Cool is relative. It's, I got to fit into this. God is saying, I'm going to make you it. So people will fit into Some of us are struggling with, we want to fit in. We got to know the, the latest dances. We got to know the latest songs. We got to know the latest fashion. God said, listen, create your own. Let people fit into what God is doing in you. 
Let the church be the standard. Let this be the coolest place to be on the campus on a Thursday. Let this be the coolest place to be for young people who are on fire for God. Let this be the standard. Don't try to conform. Stand out and be the standard of what God wants in this life. So I said, God, man, I'll do it. If you want it, I'll do it. If you want it, I'll do it. I just ask these two things. God, please bring me people who will stand by me and make me a culture curator. And in four years, God has done more than that. He's associated me with people all around the world. And he's made me not just a culture curator, but a social curator. He's made me a curator of social gatherings. If God could do it for me, a club boy who threw parties, who's smoking all the time. Why can't God do it to you? Tonight, if you're over this place right now, you're that person. I want you to just raise your hands every high, close, every head bowed. If you're that person I'm talking about tonight, you're struggling with the unknown, or you're struggling with allowing God to do the according, the, the breaking on the inside. Just raise your hands wherever you are. I'm not even going to give you a one, two, three. Just do it. You don't need time to raise your hands. If you want it, you'll come after it. All over this place. Just raise your hands. Every head bowed. Every eyes closed. I want to pray for you. I don't want to do an altar call tonight. I want, to, I want to pray for you right where you are. Matter of fact, if you're around somebody who has their hands up, would you just put your hand on their shoulder? If you're around them, just put your hand on their shoulder. Just put your hand on their shoulder. Just wherever you are. Just put your hand on the shoulder. You can open your eyes. If you see somebody with their hand raised, just put your hand on their shoulder. Thank you for tuning in to the Campus Rush Podcast. If you enjoyed this message and want to partner with us, visit us at www.campusrush.org to become a global partner or to partner with us in giving.